Welcome to episode five of Screaming on the Inside. My name's Lee. I'm the admissions supervisor for UK Addiction Treatment Centres. So we'd like to give a warm welcome to a UK alumni member, Mark Rathbone. Now, Mark attended our Banbury Lodge Centre back in 2019, and he's done really well and has been in recovery ever since. He joins us today to discuss his experience and share his story. So today's podcast is going to be about early recovery. But before we start talking about your early recovery, Mark, can I just get your your view of what you thought recovery was going to be like when you went into treatment? Oh, uh, yes. When I first came out, I was I hadn't really got much of a much of a clue what it was it was all about. I was still under this sort of um, delusion that I, I could have some treatment and. After a certain amount of a period of time, I might, be, might well be able to go out and enjoy the occasional drink, um, uh, yeah. you know, and, and get what I thought was uh, on my old life back, but at a very much reduced scale. Um, but obviously, uh, my experience is that it, that just, you know, it, it wasn't the case. Um, and the, the the second time that I I, I uh, went into into Banbury Lodge, which was sort of five or six months after the the the, the first time. The uh, second time, I was I was really broken um, physically. Um, I, I could uh, for the first three days, I could barely walk uh, with the treatment, and I, I just I, I just I remember sitting on the bed in my in, in my room and 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 thinking right. This this can't go on the way the way it's it's going. It it's it, it's you know my, my outlook of 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 of, of life has, has has got to change. Um, and then all, I, I sort of made the approach that I, I wanted to give AA you know a hundred percent of of my time because everything I tried up to before then I, I stopped I stopped trying. Uh, oh, sorry. I tried to stop drinking when I was 50. Um, my second time round right. when I was at Banbury, I was 56. So I'd been going from relapse to relapse in between. And You've been it trying took for a, a while long then. Time. Sorry? You've been trying for a while to get sober. That's it. I'd been trying. And it was just it was just relapse after relapse. Um, the longest I think I did in those six years was, was 18 months. Um, but it, I was sort of white knuckling it all the time um i wasn't happy in in, in my sobriety sort of thing it was, it was always a struggle um and the second the, the second time round when i was in i realized this just couldn't go on i i needed to 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 approach uh, approach life differently um and that's when i i, I remember it I thought I'd, you know, I want to give AA a proper go. Um, before I, I just paid it lip service, and it yeah. wasn't sinking in. Um, but when I decided, you know, decided to give it a second go, um, it, it it worked almost almost immediately for me. When I came out of, of, of Banbury Lodge, within. A week, I'd found out my first um, my first AA meetings in Tenby, where I live, uh, and there was another one uh, about a half an hour drive further away, and I started to do at least two meetings a week, um, 
you know, uh, time and time again, at least at least two meetings a week. And yeah. things started to, to settle down. I started going through the, obviously through the big book. Um, and it altered the way I started to look at life. Um, and it, it made things easier. Um, living the code of the steps, it helped my mentality no end. Um, and after a while, I found I was getting peace of mind that I'd never had before. Um, all all through the, through the, the years that I'd tried to stop drinking, I was always having a mental battle with myself. And to stay sober was, was always a struggle. But once I started AA and I got into the two to, to lovely groups that I met and I, I had such a warm welcome, uh, and made to be, you know, feel part of a team more or less straight away. Um, and the guidance that they gave me, uh, I found it, it, was, it, it was immensely helpful. And being able to share my experiences and my problems, um, it just it like opened a new door for me. And I was saying, really that's it. It just, it was, it was like a new lease of life. It was, it was unbelievable. And all of you know, I, I could actually find peace for the first time in my life, which was, was really new, new to me because I'd, I'd struggled with it, uh, my mental health for, for years. Um, and they guided me into, into things like meditation um, and gave me, you know, a, a, just general things I used to, I picked up off a lot of people. Everybody is, is in, 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 from my experience in AI has got something to give. Um, when they share their experiences of, of how they've dealt with certain situations, you can pick up bits and think, oh, that, you know, that's interesting what he's got to say. I'll, I'll try that myself. And somebody else, you might think, oh, no, that's not for me. And you pick the, the, the things that you think will suit you. Um, yeah, and, and that's what it is. Um, and you know, after that, I, I, I began to get settled. I had peace of mind, and all of a sudden, the 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 turmoil of wanting a drink disappeared because I, I was I was I I got peace of mind. I had to do certain things, obviously, changing my lifestyle, um, cleaning house to a certain extent. Uh, but I did find peace, and you know, since then I really haven't looked back. But that's the but you done so when I because obviously I work in the admissions team for UK addiction treatment centres, and um, my my job role is to you know facilitate the admissions for people to come into treatment. But I always make it very clear that when we take people into treatment, you know, people do a lot of good work in treatment. They do a lot of soul searching, a lot of looking at themselves, addressing things that maybe they haven't done for you know for a very long time, but the treatment initially is a good foundation for me it's the best foundation and like yourself i've done two rehabs i've been into rehab twice um and it gave me the foundation i need but what you've done when you've left treatment is you've done exactly the right thing you know and there are many many avenues and i and i say that because lots of people that are going to listen to this um, will subscribe to different recovery models but i myself am in 12-step recovery and i truly believe in in what it does and and it's given you the tools, you you know, you mentioned the peace. And I think that's the problem that I certainly didn't understand when I came into into treatment. And most people don't understand that I feel worse without a drink in me than I do with a drink in me. 
without the right help. And I'm always unsettled. I struggle not to drink every day. I can't enjoy my life. I can't enjoy my family. I can't, you know, be a part of anything because I'm struggling not to drink and feeling really uncomfortable inside. And it will always inevitably lead me back to a drink, which it does with most people or a drug in my case as well. But um, so you've done exactly the right thing. I mean, the the early recovery part of your you know your journey the first six months or so it can feel um, really intimidating and I know it can everything can seem overwhelming you know emotions and feelings will be running high that you've not um, that you've not experienced before and it is important that we sort of tell people what to expect during that time um, so are you okay to tell me of a few of the, sort of the ups and downs that happened to you in your early recovery you know the, oh, the roller coaster oh, yeah, of emotions this, that you went through. Yeah, this you 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 get a, a, a total feeling you you're unsettled when you first come out of recovery. Um, your your body's taken such a bashing um, with the medication, and and all of, all of a sudden you're trying to break the habits, hard habits that you had for years, and yeah. it, it, it's it's not an easy thing to to just you know you can't just turn on a tap and, and all of those different feelings are going to go away because they, they, they don't. It, it takes time. Um, and that's why I think it, it is important to go to as many meetings as you can when you first come out to, to yep. change your pattern of thought. Uh, you, 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 you're not, you've got to sort of, you've got to find peace because it, without your mind, if your mind's turning round for, for dozens of times you know and you're blowing um everything up out of proportion because your anxiety well, my especially my anxiety when i first came out of um Bambalogic, my anxiety was still very 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 high and it was it was high for quite a few months afterwards before it it, it started to calm down um so the things that you do they're not an instant turn the tap on and everything's cured you have to work at these things. Um, it, 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 as I said, you can't change the habits of, of your, your, what your mind's been doing for so many years. You won't change it instantly like that. It, it, no, you it you have to while. work at it. it I found yeah. things like um, meditation was, was, was uh, an absolute eye-opener for me because that gave me... Um, uh, the peace, the the to be able to clear my mind and 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 think, uh, and going through the steps, sort of, and talking through my problems, I'd never been able to do that before. Um, I used to drink on my problems. I I never used to talk yeah. about, uh, you know, I used to just shut it away and punish myself. I used to punish myself really for my problems by drinking, um, and it was a punishment because. Drinking at the end was was horrendous. I, I I didn't enjoy a single drop that I was drinking just before I went into recovery. Everything was was pure murder. I used to start drinking at five o'clock in the morning because I I I got such massive withdrawals, and I was drinking. I was going through half a bottle of brandy by about eleven o'clock. And and then it's amazing that would by eleven o'clock I'd just about feel human. Um, so them sort of feelings that don't instantly go away when you come out. So sometimes you'll have good days. Sometimes you can feel really down, um, and you've got to pick up the tools 
um, to 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 enable you to cope. When you're feeling down, first one, get yourself to a meeting. I prefer face to face meetings. I'm not one for um, some of the Zoom meeting. To be honest, I'm not one of the ones for Zoom meetings. Because half the time I don't know the work. Um, but I found <laughs> I, I got more benefit from sitting face to face with people and sharing my experiences. Don't you know? Not holding back. Um, because I did find that whatever I'd done in in, in the uh, in the past was nothing compared to what a, a lot of other people had done. It, 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 most people didn't even bat an eyelid um, when you're talking through your problems. Uh, most people have you've done you know hell of a lot worse, and it, it was eye opening, and it enabled me my anxiety gradually it grew down and down and down and. I, as it was going down, I found life much easier. I could do the things I wanted to do. Um, I was learning that I could actually have a very good life without drink. And gradually, the the the, the need for drink just desisted. And I, 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 I found myself not even thinking about a drink. After a, probably took about five or six months before all the... Before all the the, the the emotions and the feelings and everything started to settle down and the anxiety reduced itself to a, a level which which, which was, was negligible. It, it, I can still get anxiety, um, but the difference is now I know what to do about it. Um, I'll, I'll go and meditate or I'll go to a, a, a meeting or, or I'll phone somebody from, from one of the meetings and, 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 and talk things through. So some of the things you... you don't exactly go away completely, but what you do learn is to, to make them manageable and not let them spoil your life. Yeah, but anxiety, I think, is a you know it, every human being suffers with anxiety. But like you said, you drank on it for, oh, for a long there's time. Anxiety and there's anxiety. I, yeah, I used I, to think I, everybody <laughs> was talking about me and everything. My anxiety was massive. I was a great mind reader, and you know, no one was ever thinking good thoughts about me. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I'd sneak out for, for um, I, I hid bottles in the garage um, and I, I used to, uh, in the morning, I was sort of sneaking out of my own house into the garage to get a drink and I was convinced all the neighbours were staring out the windows at me. You know, my anxiety was that high because I didn't want to bring the, the, the drink into, into the house uh, where my wife was. So I'd leave it in the garage, and you know I was visiting the garage every twenty minutes. So if the neighbours must have thought if they were watching, what you know, what's he got in that garage that he's in there every twenty minutes? <laughs> but that was how my, my anxiety was. It was it was horrendous, you know. And then talking to people um, towards the end, I found very hard because I, I used to get very emotional. Um, and I'd even break down into tears at times because I just could not control my emotions. If somebody phoned me up and asked me how I was and things like that, that could reduce me to tears. My anxiety was was that high. Um, and it does take a long time before that goes down, but it does. Um, it just takes that little bit of work. It does with the, with the right work. And I think, you know, I like what you say because you say it takes work. And 
the thing is with with people who are going to be listening to this, the majority of the people, and myself before as well, when when I'm in active addiction, whether I'm taking drugs or whether I'm drinking, I take that drug into my body or that drink into my body, and I get an instant solution to the anxiety. You know, it yep. just does what it's supposed to do, and it did that for many, many years. Um, the thing is with recovery, and you've touched upon it quite a bit there, is it isn't an instant fix, and it takes some work. Um, now, my first first six months, year maybe of of being abstinent from drugs and in recovery, I was a I was up and down, um, up and down, and all the time. So one minute I'd be really happy and, and elated with life, the next minute I'd be quite down. To speak to people about it, and they'd say, Lee, as long as you don't pick up during these times, and you're doing what you need to do, and I do what you do, I do lots of meetings, I sponsor lots of men, I um, you know, I. I reach out to people. I do lots of things. I, I also pray and also meditate as well. But um, as long as I'm doing them things and trying to get myself out of it, as long as I don't pick up, it's a good day. I learned that in early recovery. Every day you stay clean and sober, that's a good day. Yeah. And it's got easier because I think the longer you're in recovery and working on yourself, the more your emotions will um, level out, the more you'll be able to deal with them. I think you, in my case, anyway, I've grown up a lot in terms of being very childlike when I come into recovery because I'd never really dealt with life or hadn't for mm-hmm. many, many years to actually getting some coping skills and strategies that everybody else has that they've developed over the years, whereas I wasn't because I was out doing what I shouldn't have been doing. Totally. Um, it's, 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 it's You're discovering um, a new set of feelings, as it were. Um, yeah. You, you, your old feelings of... of which I'm used to, well, I used to mask, obviously, massively with drink. All of a sudden, those feelings are different. And you, you, without, the, without the drink to, to reach for it, then you just have to have different methods of, uh, of approach. Um, to, 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 uh, it, it's just, it, I don't know, it, it is not being born again. It's, you, you, you start from a very childlike uh, way in, in coping with your feelings, it, it all, it's all new, and they can, you know, your feelings can be a bit raw when you first come out, um, because you have to, you have to face certain things, um, and and sometimes they're not pleasant in facing them. You 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 have to sort of, um, uh, as it says in the book, you you do a, an inventory of yourself, and you discover things sometimes. That you might not be too happy with 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 knowing, but it's an important part of your recovery to face these feelings and 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 to be able to deal with them in the in the in in a constructive rather than a, a, what you did before to to deal with them in, a, in an abusive manner by just picking up a drink and, and drinking them away. Yeah, but you have to look at though the the purpose um, of going through the twelve step program for me certainly. Um, four and five um, and six and seven was to if I don't know what I run on and if I don't know who I am and um, the the underlying you know defects of character they call them but who I am naturally if I don't know what that is how am I supposed to be working on it how am I going to know if these things are cropping up and that's the way I looked at um, them steps I mean obviously uh, drinking was um, taking up or consuming probably 95% of your day if not drinking but thinking about it before you come in so um, 
have you been able to, you know, pick up um, old hobbies or, you know, create new hobbies in your life or, um, you know, new things, new loves that you like, um, you like doing? Oh yeah, there was, there was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm now a big walker. Uh, I, I love to, I live in Pembrokeshire and Pembrokeshire is, has got miles and miles of beautiful um, coastline. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm just happy. I, I can get my rucksack, uh, get a can of pop, and I'll, I can go out with, you know, I can go out for walking for the day and it improves my mental health immensely. But there is two ways of walking as well. Uh, that's one way I've learned. People can walk and just for exercise and, and, and not be uh, aware of what's around them. Uh, and the tricky with walking to, to help you mentally is to stop, take time and, and look at what what's around you actually you know observe uh, and rather than using it as um oh i've got to cover three mile today or five mile or enough you go charge enough walking yeah. is, is you know is it needs to be done with a bit of time and a bit of enjoyment uh, and that's helped me out uh, immensely and i also decided that i wanted to do to give a few things back um and I decided that uh, I did some voluntary work for uh, a company called Country Cabs uh, in Tempe. Uh, and it basically, it's, it's a taxi driver's role for pensioners um, and people who are, are less mobile. Um, oh, wow. Basically, if they've got a bus pass, they can get a, tax, a, ta- uh, a taxi from wherever they want to go for a, a vastly reduced rate. I think it just about covers the petrol. Um, and I enjoyed doing that because I, I, I met some amazing people and it helped me put my problems into perspective because you, I get to talk to, um, obviously, the passenger. And there was one lady, and I'll always remember, um, she was blind. Um, and I used to take her from Tenbury to uh, Haverford West to do uh, a little bit of shopping and uh, take her back again. And... She used to be. She used to ask me where are we, Mark, and I'd describe where we were in the island. And the first time that I took her, she managed to guide me, even though she'd been blind ten years. She guided me from this one island. Uh, she said right, left, right, left, right, down, and she managed to guide me to her house, which is in in the middle of in the middle of the countryside in Pembrokeshire. She got out of the car. Um, Took a, a shopping, managed to get obviously through her own gate, through her, uh, up up to a door, in through a door, and the, 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 what amazed me is that is the fact that she was blind, but she knew even in a car exactly where she was, and that that uh, I, sat, I sat amazed with that. I was thinking some of the problems I've had, and yet that woman's been able to deal with her blindness that she can you know, uh, tell a taxi driver where to go to take to take her home. Um, and yeah. I met lots of people like that that had, had, had got that used to put my trivial problems into real perspective. Um, and I used to get a, a, well, I still I, I want to go back to that when I've recovered from what I've been through of late. Um, that is one I do I do desperately want to go back to uh, because I, I get such a feeling of, of fulfilment in, in doing it. Um, so that that it was an important one, 
Um, and also, I'm, I'm a bit of a, an old scooter boy. Um, I've got two Lambrettas, and for okay. much of my drinking period, I, I, I just couldn't get out and, and ride my scooters. And yeah. they, they've always been my pride and joy. And I got, to, uh, even when I wasn't drinking um, uh, at, at a particular time, my anxiety prevented me from, from riding. Um, so it, it, uh, it, it was always my big aim to get back on my scooters and get out riding again. Um, yeah. I've nearly mastered that. Um because now, as soon as I was, I was out, uh, because of my 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 cancer thing, uh, uh, straight away where they operated, I, I couldn't sit down for for quite a long time. So sitting on an old Lambretta at a, a sort of tech second stage again. But I'm, I'm now at a stage where I can actually get out and get on on, on my scooters. Um, so yeah, that's another one. Uh, you know, another one I did uh, click with. I've made new friends. Um, my my AA group. Well, not only we do we 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 go for meetings. We we go and have a cup of tea uh, and a cake and things afterwards. So you, I've I've got to meet what you know new friends. Not just what you call through a shared experience of, of meetings, but there's 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 one or two. I, I'll pop you know I'll pop round to the house and have a have a cup of tea and a, and, a, and a chat. Um, and they they come to me and we you know we 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 can have a walk into town into temple and we'll go and have a cup of tea. Um, yeah. That's you know that's nice. So there are things you can do. Uh, I, I mean I love me gardening. I'm, I'm well into me gardening now. I find that far more relaxing um, than I ever used to do when I was drinking. Cutting the cutting the grass was a was a job that had got to be done at five hundred mile an hour. Now I like to go out, spend a bit of time in the garden, um, uh, and gardening isn't a chore anymore. It's a pleasure. No. It's something I can take my time in doing and get a, a, a sense of a, a you know accomplishment that I've actually done a, a nice job. I do. I do. Um, the one of our neighbours is he recently had a stroke, um, and they were going to move because they, they they couldn't cope with the garden. And I've said, no, you're not moving. You're not moving house. I'll, I'll sort your lawns out for you and I'll do your, your privets. And, and yeah, you know, I, I've done that. That gives me a, uh, an immense sense of, uh, of fulfilment that I'm giving something back. That it's such, that feeling of, of doing something for somebody for nothing gives you an, an, an immense feeling of, of, of peace. Um, yeah. I mean, they they they, they, they say, "Oh, Ma, we'll pay you." I, I, no, I don't want pain. Just the fact that you let him, that I'm I'm know that I'm doing something for somebody gives me a lot of fulfilment, and it it it, it helps my mind and gives me a, that, that sense of um, peace uh, and and well being, and that that improves my mental health. Now, I mean, plus the fact I get to chat more with them. Um, which helped me when when uh, reduce my anxiety. Um, now I can I'll chat to anybody with, with without the slightest instance where when I was drinking my anxiety that that was just you know I just couldn't do it. Um, I, I was so timid and just withdrawn within my own shell um, that I never used to speak to anybody. But 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 now 
you know, I, I, if anything, I'm probably a, a bit too much of a chatterbox. But you know, those are the sort of things that I did that that helped me. Yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, you mentioned so much there, giving back to other people. It's, I, I was, I was a very, very selfish man in my addiction. Didn't see past the end of my nose really, and see how it affected mm. everyone else. And it's a part of the twelve-step recovery program, isn't it? Going and helping other people, you know, doing service when asked through, through at meetings, either you know at regular meetings or sharing at meetings or through sponsorship, or you know, or, or even you can go up in the the service triangle, can't you? Or down as we look at it. Um, there are lots of ways to get out of self, helping other people. Um, really you know doing things for other people will make you feel good about yourself and I think for me it's a very important part of what I've been doing as well in my life because I have to be like that or I can slip back into the old way of thinking um, the way I felt my whole life which was really um, you know that people were there in a lot of cases to um, to sort of please me because addiction made me very very selfish um, you did mention um, that you've you've had cancer, and I know you're in remission um, from that. And are you able to tell me a little bit about that and how you stayed sober dealing with that? Because I've not had to deal with with anything personally that big in my recovery. And when you told me yesterday when we spoke on the phone, it just blew me away how somebody can can get through that and not pick up a drink. It, it, it was really quite an eye-opener for me. So are you able to say a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, obviously, I came out of, of, of Banbury Lodge in the August. Um, uh, and, and that was obviously the beginning of my recovery. I, I was doing, you know, I, I was doing very, very well. And then came lockdown, uh, which was sort of March, April, wasn't it? And, and after a few weeks uh, of lockdown, um, I began to feel uncomfortable in, in sitting down. And I thought, this isn't right. And, and at first I thought I'd got piles or something like that from sitting on my backside um, for too long because I've, I've not been able to get out because we were all, all obviously virtually prisoners in our houses by then. Um, but I thought, no, this, this, is, this isn't right. Um and I managed to get an, an, an appointment with the um, which the first step was uh, was the nurse, um, and I had a blood test for my prostate, and that was clear. But I was still in, in in a lot of you know getting a lot, a lot of discomfort. So I said, well, what's the next step? But she said, well, I'll, I'll, obviously I'll try and get you in to see the doctor. Uh, went in and, and seen the doctor, and he, he gave me an, an internal examination, and. He told me immediately to get up to the 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 main hospital in Hatherford West, um, and I was get, got to see a specialist straight away in there, and, and I I could feel a uh, a growth um, down in my, my backside, um, so I had a, a a series of tests, colostomies, uh, uh, you know, uh, cameras and things like that, and they, within a very short time, that 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 told me that I'd. I'd got bowel cancer, um, which was obviously in the heat of, of lockdown. So at that particular time, none of the operations were, were, were happening. Um, so as, as an intermediate thing, I had a course of radiotherapy, which was fine. Um, but all that did was was irritate the cancer and, and probably, well, it did, it caused more pain. Um but then things, as things started to cool down a little bit with the uh, with the COVID threats, I I managed to get my uh, operation in 
on the 18th of November where they they took out three layers of my bowel. Um, so, so they sewed up my backside and fitted me with a, a colostomy bag, um, which was it, it's quite a culture shock. Um, for, for I mean, I'm only, I'm 57, so I'm quite young really to to have gone through that sort of operation. And uh, when I came out uh, of that, um, I found out after three weeks that what they'd taken out, they'd done certain tests on, and there was still cancer in my lymph nodes in, inside uh, inside my bowel. So they told me I'd got to have a, a, a course of chemotherapy, um, which I had four, uh, four months of, uh, which knocked me about something awful. The, the side effects um, were, were, were quite bad. You get real um, vicious pins and needles in, in your, your hands and your feet. You can't touch anything that is even remote, remotely cool. Um, everything has to be warm. You, you can't eat anything cold. Um, even just a, a sandwich, unless it's got something hot inside it, it had um, clamped my throat up and, and, and shut up all my airways. Um, so the the chemotherapy side was 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 very hard, um, very very punishing physically and and mentally, because um, it's very hard to keep yourself motivated when you feel um, so ill. You feel sick all the time, uh, so tired and lethargic, um, and just genuinely so unwell. Um, and and obviously, I had my four months, and I was I was praying that the, originally I was down to have uh, six months, um, and I heard that in certain cases, after four months, depending on your results, um, that they, they stop at four months, and I was praying they were going to keep it to four months and i had uh, another scan at, at four months and it w it was clear um which was that was about uh, about a month ago um wow. so I'm, I'm in the process now of, of recovery from from the chemo which i uh, i was told will take about four months um to get my strength back um but to be fair that that is increasing every single day i'm now Doing, I'm, I'm doing my decent walks again. Uh, I can do a lot of things that, uh, that that I couldn't do before, and I've discovered this new magic thing called ice cream that I couldn't I couldn't have for so long. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, one of the things that I discovered when uh, you first go into recovery is is a sweet tooth. Um, and I've discovered my sweet tooth Definitely. again yeah. with uh, ice cream. It, it's it, it's just um, it's just a relief to have something nice when you've had you've gone through a, 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 a sort of well, it was just over a year of of, of the treatment all in all. Um, so it, it was hard, but my my AA group is, is the thing that kept me going through it all. They they regularly they'd. Um, They'd text me during the week, how are you, know, how are you doing, how are you, how are you coping? They'd phone me during the week rather than just at the meetings. There was a few meetings I, I couldn't manage to go to because of when I was having the chemo, uh, because purely I just didn't feel too well. But if, if there was any reason I didn't go, they were on the phone. Um, 
are you all right? Are you, you know, are you well? Checking up on me all the time. And even when I was in hospital, I was getting text messages that they were praying for me um, and things like that. And it, it lifted my soul and it, it gave me the, you know, the, the will to not have one of those magic, well, I call epic moments, which once a time during treatment, you, you do get this, these feelings of, of why am I doing this? I've got cancer. Oh, you know, I'm going to go and have a drink. Those feelings did cross my mind once or twice, but the support that I got from my AA group and, and what I'd learned um, through AA is obviously is, is not to uh, any longer react on impulse. Every, every impulse that you get in your head, like those stuff it moments and things like that, to stop, to take a step back and think and don't react anymore on, on impulse. Think about what you're doing. And and those things that, I, that I'd learned and, and, and the support from um, from my eye gave me the courage, the, the courage to um, to do it. And to, to be honest, I owe my life to, to AI because if I hadn't have found AA after my recovery, I would never have got treated because I, I'd, I'd have still been drinking. There is no way I would have got treated um, through the COVID particular period. It, they were only doing certain operations um, and you had to sort of tick the boxes to, before they'd, they'd think about doing it. Um, and, and I'm sure one of them was, you do you do not drink. Um, and I was open, openly honest with, with, with my surgeon. I'd told him what I'd gone through. Um, and and he could see what I what had been through in the past. And he was quite happy to carry on and, and, and operate. Uh, even though so many people were cancelling operations because the few that they were doing, a lot of people didn't want to go into hospital because they were convinced they'd catch COVID while they were in hospital. Um, yeah. The way oh, I, I looked at it was, nice. if I don't have the operation, I'm going to die anyway. So, um, so, you know, go ahead and do it. But, you know, I, it's, I can honestly say I, I saved my life because without that, I wouldn't have been able to stop drinking. Without stopping drinking, they wouldn't have operated and I would be... In, if I if I wouldn't already be dead, then I'd certainly be well on my way by now. Um, so you know, it made it easy for me. It, 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 all the treatments and the, the the when I was feeling down and things like that, I knew I'd only got to pick up a phone and speak to somebody in the group, and I could find peace again then, and I'd be given the encouragement um, to 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 carry on and, and uh, give, give me that sense of well-being. And it's very important to feel as if you're part of a team with these sort of things. And I was determined all the way through my recovery, I wasn't going to let the team down. And that helped me immensely. Uh, it, it gave me solid foundations to work on. Uh, and I'm immensely grateful to everybody in my group. Um, cause it, it, it's so refreshing or it's so supporting to to come out of of anesthetic and, and and be shoved in a room and you're in so much pain um i was having to be turned over every two hours for the, when i first come out of um 
the uh, anaesthetic, um, which was another. I also found out the hard way that I was morphine intolerant. Um, I was pressing this little buzzer for me morphine fix to kill the pain, but it just wasn't doing anything. Um, and it took oh, two no. days before they managed to find an alternative uh, medication that I could take to kill the pain. So the, the pain was horrendous, but I'd only got to pick up my phone and I'd, I'd, I'd have text messages of the people in my group um, saying that they were, they were praying for me and how are you doing this morning? Are you okay? And things like, and that gave me a great deal of strength. Uh, and I'm immensely grateful for you know all the people in my group because uh, it, it it just helped. It, it just gave me a lot of uh, of strength, uh, inner strength, which I'd never had before or didn't think I'd got before um, when I was drinking, but. Yeah, I found out that when push to cut comes to shove, deep down I'd I'd got the I'd got that willpower, I'd got that um, inner strength uh, that I can now sort of I can I can pull on, um, and it was very eye opening. It was very humbling. Um, the whole thing was humbling, uh, even from the staff, um, uh, people being so kind. Because that was another thing. I, I I wasn't used to people being nice to me because I'd always shied away away from things like that. Um, and it was nice to have people saying, "Oh, you you're doing really well," and and things like it. It, it, it just it opened up another can of worms again of, of emotions, but nice nice emotions this time. Um, and to be honest, I I. I, I People have said how, 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 how they were amazed I was. How, how, I never got down during treatment. Um, even the doctor said, you have, you, I, even when you, you, you know, um, suffering from the, the side effects of the chemo and things, I'd still always got this stupid grin on my face. Um, and and I, I'm convinced that was, you know, that was help from uh, my AA group because I knew I weren't on my own. Yeah, but then. You know, you, you managed to get through something that's, um, you know, life-changing and you didn't pick up. I mean, the, the thing is that you was able to stay sober throughout that whole traumatic treatment and not only stay sober, but to, you know, turn it around and make the best of, you know, what was going on. And it's it's amazing what people can get through with the right support and the right ongoing support and the right recovery programs. And I've heard people say before, um, you know, who I've seen come back from a relapse. Well, I walked past the pub and I saw the, you know, the glass glittering and oh, you know, I couldn't resist. And I think you, you didn't drink because that was there. You, you drank probably because you was feeling a lot of anxiety. You was unsettled and you didn't have the support or a strong recovery program. The the sort of the idea of going out in recovery. So my experience of early recovery was I stayed out of anywhere that served alcohol for around nine months or so. I went to the odd restaurant, but it, it was very uncomfortable for me. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you able to? I mean, probably now you are, but when you were early, were you able to go out? Were you able to go out and eat? Were, yeah, to be honest, I was. I'm one of these things, people that believe you got to face your problems head on. Um, and I've always, um, not necessarily because of, the, of, of drinking, I've always liked pubs. I'm fascinated, especially if you go to 
um, places like York and things like that, and you've got these oldie-wildy pubs. I've always had a fascination with, with pubs, and I just want to look inside and, and, and have a look around. Um, and I, I was determined once, uh, you know, when, when I did come out of, um, uh, out of Banbury Lodge, I did stay away from pubs for um, probably four or five months until things started to settle down. But it was it was one of the things that I, I, I didn't want to spoil my life. Um, and it was also, I always, I'm always pushing myself. Um, and I wanted to challenge myself to, to say that I could go into a pub, I could have a meal, I could sit in, and chat with friends uh, and, and, and have a soft drink and, and be able to socialise and, 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 uh, and carry on with my life. And so I didn't shy away from it. Um, what, what I did have, um, as I broached on in, in, in the past, um, I like my scootering. Uh, and scootering is very much is a, sort of a, a club orientation. And I was open with uh, and, and honest with my friends in, in the scootering club that I'm um, uh, I'm a member of, um, yeah. you know, the, the, what I've been through. And when we used to go riding out, we go, we always end up riding out. There's always, it's always a pub orientated. Um, they were always watching what I was drinking. They'd always, you know, just, and they were looking out for me. Um, and I, I was quite honest with them. I'd, I'd said that at times, you know, if I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'll just disappear and go. I won't um, say goodbye to anybody if I've got that. So you have that plan anything that's an impulse that enters my head. Yeah. yeah, that's it. You've got to have that exit strategy, and they all totally understood. I, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's it's important to uh, obviously, I think, to face your problems, uh, and and the um, in my case. Um, I, because I pushed myself, I was in the army for four and a half years, uh, which was probably one of the reasons I struggled so much with recovery uh, at, at when I st- tried to stop drinking at 50, because the army teaches you willpower and you, it, it teaches you that you can do everything yourself. You can do it. You're a man. You 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 you, you can do these things on your own. Um and recovery isn't like that. You can't do it on your own. And for years, I tried to do it on my own, and I, and I couldn't do it. But it's also part of um, the army teaches you to push yourself. And pushing myself was one of the things uh, I wanted to do with, with the pub because I do enjoy going into a pub and just nosing. <laughs> a lot of time, I'll go into. Yeah, I can go into a, a, a pub. I'll have a. Uh, a glass of coke, and all I'm interested in is having, having a mooch around the, the 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 actual pub itself and the history of the pub. I'm fascinated by old buildings, and um, that probably it made it easier for me because it, there were I, I didn't used to go into dives um, where you've got people, you know, hammered sitting in the corner, bladdered or. or uh, popped out of their heads. The, the pubs that I used to uh, tend to go into are more like nice country pubs and things like that. I don't bother with anything that's, yeah. that's got no history to it. But it, it, it helped me to, to, to face up to these things. I, I'm not, you know, I can quite happily, I can walk past a pub uh, and not bother, or I can think, oh, you know, I'll go in and have a, a glass of pop. And I'm quite happy having a glass of pop. Um, 
in Tenby, uh, it's a seaside town. It's it's made to get on my scooter to go and drive down to the seafront, go and sit sit outside um, one of the pubs with it with the scooter sitting over the road and having having a glass of pop, and, and people will talk about my scooters and things like that. <coughs> uh, pardon me, uh, I'm sitting in a group and uh, that enabled me to to, to socialise with all the people that I used to socialise. Um, not in my drinking days, because the scootering chaps that uh, I, I ride around with aren't heavy drinkers anyway, but they do, they will have a drink <clears throat> and they will go to certain um, dances and they will, they'll they have quite a good drink then, but they're always watching what I, if ever I go to a do, they're watching what I'm drinking. I don't think if, if, if I had the, if I picked up a drink, well, I'd, I'd probably get a slap off one or two of them because um, they, they just they just look out for me, um, and that helped me immensely. It is important to have the right yeah. people around you. It is, and it's also I like you know you say you go into nice places for the ambience, for food and things, for you know the actual place itself, and it and it is okay. I believe I'm a firm believer in that that you know. Once you're in, and you know, early recovery is different. I, some people yes. in early recovery, I was one of them. I couldn't be around it. I couldn't put myself in danger. But I, I'm a few years in now, and um, I'm able to go anywhere and do anything. You know, if I do go into a pub, I go there because there's an event going on or because I'm going to meet people, and I can be around alcohol, not be tempted. And if I ever am tempted, it's just a passing thought. And like you say about the exit strategy, I was told that in early recovery, your sobriety comes first, your recovery comes first. Nothing comes in front of that. If you need to get up and leave, you need to get up and leave. You don't need to give excuses. It's about keeping yourself safe. And exactly. that's um, you know, my primary purpose. As long as I do stay sober, same as you, as long as you stay sober, then you're able to deal with the other things that life throws at you. And you know, you are a, you're a prime example of that. I mean, how have you felt and I know you've touched on this quite a lot anyway, but it is important to sort of maybe highlight it about, I think a lot of people, you know, you said about your army days, that you know, um, should be able to sort things out with willpower alone and things. And but how have you felt about being able to get vulnerable um, and asking for help, whether that be from AA? I know you're a part of alumni as well, but just being able to say, do you know what, I'm not having a great day um, and actually having the humility to admit that and ask for help. Have you found that easy? I, I, I didn't find it well. I struggled for, as I said, for the best part of six years. Um, from when I tried to stop drinking at fifty, um, and it took me six years before, obviously, I found my second stint at Bamda. For those five or six years, I didn't. I didn't ask for help, uh, and it's the biggest right. mistake that I ever made in my life. Um, Asking for help, you you cannot do this this recovery process on your own. Anybody that tries it to do it on their own is 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 asking for trouble. You just won't do it. I was the most stubborn faced, pig headed person. Uh, I could do anything because I the army had, had, had rustled into me. It's all about willpower. You can do it. You can do it. I couldn't do it. And I, I just got fed up of trying to do it on my own. I just couldn't. I just got sick of failure all the time. And, it, it was, it, and when I did ask for help, it was it was such a relief. It yeah. was 
I mean, it was a big weight off my shoulders, and all of a sudden, it just it, not just the help in the drinking, helping in in life, talking through my problems, and they're not all related to alcohol. There's this this. There's your triggers. There's there's it's it's a whole world of things um, that you you need help with, and once you open that door, it's the most important step you'll ever make. It, honesty is is your key part of recovery because you 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 won't find your serenity, your peace of mind that you that you will need for your recovery, and to get on and enjoy your future life. You won't get that without honesty you've got to be able to live with yourself and live with the things that you've done in the past and be able to put them um you don't forget them but you put them in a place where they don't hurt you anymore they're always there but you can deal with them your feelings of guilt um have gone away you you you've made tried to make amends where appropriate and, and you you you've you know, hopefully you've had some success in that. But if you haven't, it's not the end of the world. You get on, then it gives you that that feeling of serenity. And unless you're honest, you won't ever get that because you'll always have nagging doubts of of, of holding back certain bits of information. And honesty is the key thing to recovery. You've got to be able to face what you've done in the past and be able to to deal with them and put them in the correct place in your mind so that they don't they don't get up and, and uh, stab you in the back three months down the line because you you haven't accepted it. Um, you've got to be able to put things uh, away and 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 live comfortably afterwards. But without that, yeah. without honesty, those things don't happen. No, that's true. And it is, I mean, I think it shows strength of character when people ask for help. You know, I've never, I've never had someone approach me for help, whether it be um, in a professional capacity at work or, you know, in, in meetings and, you know, you think, oh, you know, you're so weak or anything like that. I think it shows real character and real strength to be able to, to ask for help. And also, you know, people who have been sober a little while, it's okay to say, Do you know what, I'm not having a great day. My head is absolutely doing one. Um, and it's good to, you know, sort of reach out and talk about it because you would never feel, you know, I don't know about you, so you're probably the same as me. Um, I never, it's never an inconvenience to take a phone call. I always like helping people and I'm sure people do when I reach out to them and I do, you know, I have, um, have a sponsor, I have good friends who I speak to, um, you know, and tell them. And like you say, it's not always, you know, it's not about for me. Um, that I'm going to drink or pick up a drug. It's not been like that for quite a long time, but it's just about life stuff, which I'm pretty sure if I didn't deal with would eventually come back to a drink or a drug, but it's not, it's not about that at the time. Um, how have you, um, how have you been able to gain the trust of your family again since, since leaving treatment and embarking on your recovery journey? I know that can be hard for, for people to forgive and to start trusting again. Have you found it an easy process? Um, well, it, to be honest, my, my the, the family history was my, my dad was a, an absolute. Um, he was an alcoholic, and I sort of followed in his in his, in his steps. Um, and the family, to a certain extent, got used to that because even when I was working um, and, and in the army, I was drinking heavily all the time, and that became the norm. Uh, and when they they saw that it started to 
affect my mental health and uh, my physical health and things like that. They were they were concerned uh, for me, but right. they were supportive. Um, yeah. Nobody ever really jumped on my back and and uh, sort of punished me. They were always there to try and try and help if they could. Um, so I didn't have many sort of the person I was harming when I was drinking was myself. Um, right. I didn't. I probably I harmed my relationship with the wife probably more than anything because uh, she was the one that had to to watch me doing this to myself um, and she couldn't do anything about it. So, it, it, but she was always there to to, uh, to to help me. She taught me through. She pushed. She helped me. You know, make the decision to go into uh, into, into rehab. She she was rock solid. Um, She's, uh, we were married when we were uh, uh, 20 and 21 and 16 wow. and 17 when we started going out. So uh, she's been my, my rock all the way through. She's seen my good times. She's seen my bad times. Um, but she's always been there no matter what. Uh, when I was drinking, she she wouldn't jump on my back and, and, and cause arguments over it because she knew that's what would end up being there would end up being a, a row but she was the first one to try and um talk to me um try and find out what was bothering uh what was bothering you trying to get to the roots of of um what was causing me to drink um and we we, we managed to deal with 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 things together um but my my family wise it, because it was it, it was half as if it was expected of me to become an alcoholic because my dad was such a heavy drinker that it was it was as if it was inevitable that that was going to happen um and it it, that, it was odd but when i've stopped drinking they 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 their support and they the amazement that i've that they've uh, seen what I've been able to do and the change in my personality. Um, it, 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 I'm a different person. I've got patience now. Uh, I can talk to people now. Yeah, my, fam my family were very, very disjointed. Um, even though I've got two sisters and a brother, we could probably go 12 months without talking. Um, the only time we used to see each other was, if, was at weddings and funerals. Um but now it's been it, we, we, uh, since I've stopped drinking. It's been, we're coming closer. Uh, I'm going up to Birmingham, back up to Birmingham. In fact, where all my family are in uh, next week, and we're all going to have uh, a family lunch to celebrate. Uh, obviously, my, my uh, remission sort of thing, and Amazing. that would never have happened um, while I was drinking. It just wouldn't have happened. But the fact that I have stopped drinking, they are comfortable to come out uh, and, and, and you know, uh, enjoy uh, a, a day out and, and, and a meal. And that's nice. Um, it, but we, we're such a, a very disjointed family. It, it, it was, as I said, it was, it was hard. My, my, my experiences of, of drink started probably from when I was eight, when... Um, I used to be sent down to the pub to get my dad out the pub. Um, we used to go and visit my nan every Saturday. And I was the one that used to have to be sent down the road to try and get him out the pub. 
And once I was in the pub, because he wasn't ready that he wanted to go home, it, it started with, have a glass of shandy and, and things. And that's how yeah. the sort of my life started uh, with, with, with drink. Um, so I don't think anybody was particularly surprised that I couldn't stop drinking when I reached 50. But there again, I never no. told my family what was what was going on in my head. Um, the only person that really knew what was happening in my head was my wife. Um, so I, I didn't let anybody in. So they were probably, to a certain extent, unaware of how much I was struggling. Um, because I'd, I'd just, I could go months without without talking to her. I, I would talk to my mother, um, but that was mainly because when my, when my dad did pass away, uh, I wanted to make sure that she was all right. But there again, I, I did have periods when my anxiety was that high. I couldn't speak to her for weeks on end because I I I could burst into tears, um, yeah. and she could she had a knack of, of of being able to tell when I was struggling. She could she could tell by my voice um, when I'd, I'd be speaking to her to ask her how she's going on. She, she could get inside my head. Um, she she knew when when something wasn't quite right. And she could always pick up on that, which was uh, in some ways was good, but in other ways it was bad because it, it made me hide even more. Um, then I wouldn't contact her because I knew she could break me down. So I used to sort of hold back on on on, on that, um, and again just bottle it up, which just made things even worse, uh, um, leading to even you know even heavier drinking if that was even possible. Um, but yeah, overall, I found my, my family to be very, very supportive. The only one I I, I, I haven't um, been able to approach is, is my son. Um, but that is that 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 is probably because there that is the part of the house clearing that to have um, not to drink again uh, because he was one of the sources of my relapses. Um, because he keeps to getting uh, in, into that much trouble, and I used to take all his trouble on board as if I was suffering it, um, and that was one of the, the the clearance things that I had to have. I had to sort of put him on a back burner, um, and to be honest, I haven't spoken to him for over a year now, um, and I've learned to deal with it. Because it's it's an important part of my recovery. It was one of the uh, the triggers that I identified um, that would would constantly lead to relapses. Um, and he knew it, um, and he used to pray on it. And it was part of my house, you know, part of the house clearing I had to do. Sometimes, even as you said, a, a personal family relationship sometimes can be unhealthy. And if you have to do that as part of you, you, your sort of house clearing to make sure you stay on the straight and narrow, so be it. And that's yeah. what I had to do. And, 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 you know, I don't, I don't worry about, you know, his problems anymore. He's a, he's a man now. I used to worry about everything that he used to do. I don't anymore. I, I leave that to my power now. He does all my worrying for me <laughs> and that helps no end. Well, that's a nice, that is a nice way to look at it. It really is. And I think, you know, you've been, I think it's obviously been difficult with the relationship with your son, but in terms of being able to come into recovery and put things right with your wife and, and things, it's um, obviously, you know, testament to the work you've put in. But um, some people are going to, 
are going to struggle with um, being able to integrate back into the family unit and to be able to integrate back into life as well. And it can be difficult and it's, uh, it takes time for some people. I, I remember I was about five months, not even five months sober, probably about three months sober, really, really new. And, um, and I was late home from a meeting and my, uh, my partner phoned me, she said, well, where are you? I said, well, I've gone out for a coffee. And she was like, well, I was worried. And she said, okay, I'll see you when you get in. And I spoke to the guys I was in the car with, and I said, that's great. And she don't trust me. You know, I mean, look at that, you know, look, I'm thinking I'm doing so much hard work and she's not trusting me. And one of them just turned around and said, how long did you drink and use for, Lee? I was like, well, 26 years. And she said, and how long have you, you been sober for? Well, 12 weeks. Well, come on, Lee. Just look at this. Like, it takes time. It, and it does take time. It's um, it's trust is a thing that takes a lot to earn again and can be lost in a millisecond. So, oh, definitely. You know, it is it is important to keep working on yourself. And I do like your, you know, your your general outlook around recovery. Um, and that's what it is. Is if I can get through the day, my my sort of daily routine is if I can look at my day at night, which I do. If I haven't lied, if I haven't um, manipulated, if I haven't been unkind to anyone. It's been a good day. I like to look at it as if I if I'm quite happy telling my my sponsor, my wife and my family about my day, honestly, then it's been a good day. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if I'm quite happy to be honest, um then it, it's been a good day for me. And and do you mind me asking your sobriety date, Mark? Um I came out in uh I went in on the eighteenth of August. I was in for a week. Which was good uh, because I, that I, I was I should have gone in for longer, but I, I hated leaving the wife on her own. So I went in for the week. Um, so uh, you know it'll be two years this coming August. Amazing. Okay, so you're coming up to. <clears throat> excuse me. I know we keep it in a day, but two years. I round mine up as well. Um, so yeah, you're one nearly... thing I, I, did, I, I learned, which helped me in, in, in knowing never mention time. I never. Some people always want to achieve, uh, you know. Oh, it's, it's been two weeks. It's been this. I do the what you've touched on today. I only do yeah. today. Never. You I don't. Really don't I don't now. look at. Um, oh, I've done six months and bragging. It's, to me, time is a, is a is a is a non-entity. You're just living for today and enjoy the day. Yeah. Um, I always find that. that Especially with early recovery, the time period used to put a bit of pressure on me. They used to sort of make it drag, whereas not thinking about it, it just time passed and it just went a bit easier. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, time doesn't buy recovery, most definitely not. And you can only ever stay sober right here and right now. Exactly. You know, yeah. I never stayed sober next week or next year today, but I can stay sober today. Um, how do you feel? Because obviously, I just wanted to sort of get an idea of how long you've been sober for. Because I think one of the the biggest things in you know, they what does it say in the big book that resentment is the number one offender. I'm a firm believer that complacency for a lot of people can be oh. just as big a offender as that. Um, how do you keep it fresh? I mean, are, are you still doing what you were doing when you first oh, yeah. got sober? I'm, I'm still doing uh, uh, one or two meetings a week. Um, I enjoy my meetings. Um, to me, they're my, my, my maintenance schedule. I made up my mind, in, uh, you know, not long after I came out of, of Banbury Lodge that I would be 
in recovery for the rest of my life. And the sooner I deal with it, the sooner I can get on with it and enjoy things. And then things become second nature and, and enjoyable. They're no longer hard work. I don't look at my um, I don't look at my AA meetings as a chore. I look at them as, as, a, as a chance to touch base with my friends, uh, to share what sort of loony week they've had. Uh, you know, the, the little things that have, have sent them uh, tap do lally for, for 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 a day sort of thing. Um, and with, and sitting with, I don't I don't find that as a chore. I find it refreshing. Um, it's it, it's like going into a petrol station and filling up your your your, uh, your motor with uh, top grade petrol. That's the way uh, an AA meeting is to me. I, c- I can come out refreshed. Um, my silly little trivial little thing I'd probably got flying around in my head before I went into a meeting doesn't exist anymore. It it it's gone. Um, you know that. that it, it's that helps me uh, uh, immensely. It, things are fresh all the ball. Um, I don't struggle with things to say at a meeting um, because I, now I'm doing so much more. Uh, uh, so I'm walking. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get back into my voluntary work in the next um, in, in the next few weeks. Um, that again gives me another topic of conversation to do, to talk about um, at our meetings. But I sort of I cram a lot in to life now um, because we're never at home or hardly ever at home because we 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 get out walking. Uh, it's not last week. We it was um, it was our wedding anniversary last week, and on the cuff at the moment decided to go from Tenby to Bodnett Garden, which is um, Conway right up towards Clandudno. It was 180 odd miles away just to go to the National <laughs> Trust Garden Centre there to have a walk like, around. You have to do uh, stuff like that. Yeah, just get up and go. That's what life's about. It's it's either about sticking a rucksack on and going trotting around, or you know, get in the car and and go out driving and, and spend the day walking. It's that's what I like to do. And the pair of us spent yeah. we probably spent about three hours there. And probably spent about ten hours in the car, but it was a it was a it was a day, a lovely day. You never, I'm never in. I, you know, it's, I've got my scooters, I've got my garden, I've got my walking. You know, I, I live in Pembrokeshire. It's a, it's a lovely place. You can go out exploring. There's that many walks around here. It's beyond belief. Life's too. I've learned life is too short, and life isn't to be spent sitting on your backside feeling sorry for yourself. You, life is, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge. And you, you accept that challenge and get on and beat it. Get on, meet it head on and get out and, and enjoy yourself. And you learn so quickly that you can have far better experiences without a drink than you can with one. I, for a start off, you can remember what you've done with it, which was, which was always a problem when you were, when it was having a drink. But, it, you know, life is short. Get out and live it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I couldn't have put that any better myself, Marcus. <laughs> this isn't a dress rehearsal. None of us are getting out of here alive. Uh, enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. No, exactly. I, I, I have to agree with you. Um, I, this has to be better. Recovery has to be better than my life before. It has to be. Because if I wasn't enjoying life more now, 
even with the ups and downs that recovery can bring, and it does. I mean, life happens. This mm-hmm. wasn't remarkably better. I'd probably go back to living the way I was before because I was kind of oh, yeah. doing the way the way my life used to be. My worst day in recovery is better than than any day I had when I was drinking by far. My life when I was drinking was pure turmoil and terror, and, and I I couldn't couldn't face that again. And when you open this new new chapter in your life, that you can find that you can get just a bigger buzz, you know, going out uh, meeting people, going out walking, and enjoying your life, and you can see things that you've you've you've, you've never seen before. Because you get always you, you you don't see life properly when you're half cut. It, life that, that's not what life's about. You can see far more of life when you're sober and living it, and you're not living it when you're drinking. It's it's no. a, it's a simply you're shielding yourself when you're drinking. You 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 you're only seeing the inside of a pub, um, and and sleeping. You know you go from. From drink, sleep, drink, sleep, drink, sleep. That's that's what life was to me when I was drinking. I don't do that anymore now. I, you know, I'm out. I'm out and enjoying life, and you know, it's it's, it's so fulfilling. Um, even in my even in my even in my worst days when of when I was um, having my chemo and 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 things like. Even in those worst days, I would not have gone back for one day. To 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 the way uh, the way I felt when I was drinking, and and I felt really ill when I was having chemo. But I wouldn't want to go one day back to when I was drinking. I just couldn't do it again. It just it would destroy me. And that's the message right there. And it really, really is. I mean, it's a powerful, powerful message. I mean, think if anybody's listening to this and and they're struggling, they need support. Reach out. You know, you have the local fellowships. You can find them online. You can contact UCAT directly. You know, reach out, seek help because it's possible. Not only is it possible to get sober and clean, no matter where you've been, but it's also possible to stay that way, no matter what you're going through. Because um, Mark is proof of that. Well, Mark, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, you've been listening to Screaming on the Inside with our special guest, Mark. Um, find our podcast on all audio platforms. Simply search Screaming on the Inside. If you would like to feature or have any topic ideas for this podcast, you can email sotipod at ukat.co.uk. Thank you, and thank you very much for joining me, Mark. Thank you.